0: Yeah, I'm just reading a book. I just bought a book called *The New Agrarians*, and and uh, the guy's name is Alan, something or other. But he's uh, he's he gives a brief history of how how the nation has developed and how farming was affected and the family was affected and so on. And he discusses in this book these different agrarian type people. This. I mean, there's different names for, for this people that would like to see us get back to the land, to ownership, and. Uh, um.
1: Well, even Eldo itself is set up as everybody having like a farmette. I mean, uh, I have a horse barn on my property. My mom does. My brother did. All the houses did. And in fact, our property went all the way back to the other fence line. Hmm because that was where your horses and everybody had a cow and a chicken and, and whatnot. So everybody understood where their food came from. And over the years, that has been lost. Yes,
0: and, of- and he goes back into the 1800s and uh, and then throughout the 1900s as far as uh, urbanization and industrialization and um, and how it affected people's, mentalities, plus it just kind of broke, broke the farmer because things became kind of like one crop industries that they'd create in order to be able to ship it off to other locations and it was n- not so much about uh, a region anymore or even about the United States, but even the Southerners wanted to ship their, um, their wool or their cotton over to uh, Europe and so it Started shifting things in the division of labor and all that kind of a. Only
1: well, more efficiency of the farm as well, you know, to do one yeah. thing better than then another guy does something better. And then you have your twinities, and now you're starting, you know, your dairy to the hog and to the, you know. I, I don't
0: see a way around developing. However, it's killed a family farm. I mean, that's very hard to, to run a family farm.
1: Well, and a lot of people accuse uh, the farm as being. Uh, Factorized, or uh, industrialized, or right. whatever the, the family farm is gone. But nowadays the family farm is that 250 cow dairy or yes 1,200 cow dairy. That's what it. Because when your prices don't reflect, you have to get more efficient and get more efficient by becoming bigger and by so buying the land so around you yep. because
0: those farmers can't make it.
1: Right, and then you get to the renting of farmland as well. So I mean there's some people that make their living that they don't have the animals anymore or whatever they rent uh, to the local farmer they, uh, or the guy rent that, to you know, rent their land out for an income. So it goes back into the rental. Which part. then
0: makes it hard for other people to own country land and build a home on it because farmers are trying to gobble up what acreage they can even because they have to. And uh, it's, for it, legality purposes.
1: It's getting to be where you're seeing $5,000 an acre, if not more, five to $8,000 an acre, which is hard for anybody to buy. Mm-hmm. But there's also um, most townships and, and states will have laws that you have to have at least 40 acres yeah. to build a house now so that you don't get this happening where farmland is just being eaten up. Yeah, you know? which I, I find troubling,
0: on another hand.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, so, anyway, let's keep let's uh, keep moving in. That's uh, interesting, and thanks for bringing up the farm thing. And I didn't have any uh, intention of mentioning even this guy in this book. I just got it yesterday, and I've been reading it. And he's uh, he's kind of pro um, the way it used to be. And, and uh, he but he comments on the different authors and thinkers that are part of that movement or have been part of that movement. Anyway, a B, most people start with a house, okay? And it's just, uh, this, is, this is their property. It's the only, uh, it's the one they live in. It may be the only real estate that they ever own. Uh, my dad is a good example. He taught in the public schools. He never owned a house all those years. I, I read some things and learned some things after I was becoming a young man. that I, I looked at that and thought, well, that was dumb. He should have probably bought a house if he was paying these, these rent payments. And it wasn't like we moved around all over, like we were arm, army brats or anything like that. He lived in one house. I grew up in one house the whole time, but it was somebody else's property. It wasn't wasn't my dad's, and I don't I don't fault him. I, he provided for us, and he he provided for my mom, who still lives even after he's deceased. It's just that uh, he was a renter, and um, and and that's okay. The value of uh, this one home uh, property, though, is that it can increase in, in value over time. Um, but the greatest value, I think, is that the house uh, is where your family lives. It's providing for you and your, your children's upbringing. It's giving you a, a domicile to, um, to experience all that God meant for a family to experience. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be big you got to be able to fit. <laughs> you know, that's about it. And some people, they, they grow out of a certain size house pretty quick, and then they start looking for something different. Uh, a house, I think we've mentioned this in the past, is a form of wealth storage. Um, stick to your monthly payments if you are making payments in order to pay for your, your house. And then over time, uh, you own it completely, Right. And you got something to show for that, whether you pass that on to the children or um, sell it or move, sell and move, or whatever the case may be. Uh, David Bonson, who's a, a Christian economist, he, he said he never understood people who look at their house as an investment or who look at their house and try to figure its value because he, he kind of felt like this is your home. This is, this is different than, than thinking about some other... Form of property or, or investment. And so I thought, yeah, I, I, I get that, and that makes some sense. And so on. See, many rent and pay 500 up to $1,200 per month to someone else. I just heard this past week that uh, um, someone's son was moving out of his apartment complex in Milwaukee, where he was paying $1,200 a month and they're going to uh, jack the, the rent up to $1,600 a month. And he thought, no, I can't do this. And so he's moved into his dad's basement. <laughs> you know? And he'll, he'll be able to take that 1200 maybe give his dad a few hundred, and, and start building up for something different. But um, that's, that's craziness to me.
1: There are, uh, um, I have one rent- renter now that she lost her husband. She's in the mid-60s, and... Uh, for her, renting to her is, is a safety Uh-oh. because now she doesn't have to worry about Joe Shady Roofing Company mm-hmm. putting a roof on to her 20000 and it leaks the next day or having to uh, replace the water heater. All those ownership decisions. All those ownership mm-hmm. uh, expenses and decisions. Uh, I know uh, my partner had a, a renter, and they were um, they never owned a house. And his theory was is if you buy a house for, let's say, 100000 and you pay on it for 30 years, and let's say you sell it for 200000 and his philosophy was, well, I, I lose that interest, or that interest goes to the bank, for one. Uh, two, I never have to pay property taxes. Uh, I have no money going into it for repair and maintenance, and I don't have to pay capital gains when I sell. So his philosophy was, I'm going to eat up that 100000 yeah, yeah. that I gained. So it's just a different look at yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's an
0: interesting way to look at it. And, and uh, I, think, I think those are decisions you gotta got to weigh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it could be a stream of income, which is what real estate can be. It's yeah. another one of the four or whatever streams of income. Yeah. But it can also be stream going right out of your back pocket if, if right. it doesn't work out in your advantage. You know.
1: Because if you get your mortgage and your rent and your um, taxes, et cetera, insurance, and it's so close that when you have one of these taboos, you know, like for an example, my rental uh, had uh, the compressor went out on the air conditioning, but I couldn't just put a new compressor in because it's rated for the coil that goes inside your furnace and my furnace was too short to put the new coils in so I had to replace the furnace and the compressor and that was me helping him cost me five grand yeah and if I didn't help him it would have cost me 6,500 now it's a big chunk of change for somebody that's barely making the payments
2: and the car payment yeah
1: you know but also the
0: fact that um you helped it might cost you another thousand dollars down the road because you screwed something up. I doubt that, <laughs> doubt that
2: very much. But yeah.
0: Uh, so there, a case in point with the rent, though there are over forty three million households doing this, according to, to something I read. Uh, but rent is an expense; it's not an income. It doesn't uh, expenses. We all have expenses, and and they're fine. I mean, the, to buy groceries is an expense, but you got to eat, so. Um,
1: and then you've got to pay sewer to get
2: rid
0: of it. <laughs> yeah, But the renter, um, he kind of like has stuff, but he just has to move his stuff around with him because he doesn't own property. So he moves his stuff around or, or gets a, a rental space or, or whatever. It's the owner that has the one with the potential stream of income. Two greatest real estate owners in the history of mankind and forever will be are Abraham and Jesus, though. And uh, if you looked at Matthew eight twenty, it's the verse that says the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, right? Uh, yet we know, even though Jesus wasn't a property owner, that he owns all things. He's the heir of everything. And so uh, sometimes what you own on earth and do on earth, it may seem slight or it may seem insignificant, but if you're faithful to Christ and his kingdom, that's all that matters. And um, you will be richly rewarded for it. I, I always felt like in the beginning of our marriage, we were, uh, we were not wealthy at all. Tracy will tell you that we were very poor. and But I was serving in a Christian school. I felt like I was serving God's purposes. And I did that for, I don't know, maybe four years or five years or something. And then uh, uh, then I took on a job with, with the law company that I'm, I'm work, I worked for for 13 years and uh, that wasn't the greatest pay at first it took some time to build up and, and so on but I just kind of felt like my heartbeat was for the kingdom of God more than, than these other things and especially if I was doing something that was really directly related to the kingdom of God I, I didn't concern myself as much with whether we were becoming richer. So um, uh, Abraham, on the other hand, is, is also a, a, a great inheritor. We are all considered Abraham's descendants, right? Uh, father Abraham has many sons, and, and we are one of them. I, I preached a sermon once that all that we own really belongs to him, in a sense, and, and to Jesus. And we are like stewards of, of it, because he's, he's our father. He's, he's the great patriarch, if, if you will. Um, and, and the Genesis 13 passage is where, Je- where Abraham is in the land traveling had left the Ur of the Chaldeans right where his dad and family were where they probably had property or something he left and um, was wandering around in Palestine or the land of Israel or whatever it was called before he got there and he didn't own any of it and and God took him out in in Genesis 13 and said, look up into the sky, and he said, all these things in this land will be yours. Yet he didn't ever experience that uh, in in the earth. But he's experienced it since, and will experience it throughout the future, for all eternity, in one sense. And so I think I I look at that too, and I think it's got to be about the kingdom of God. Otherwise you can be running running and chasing your tail for money, you know. And if you are, it's to your loss because look at these two inheritors, you know, the greatest land possessors of all time. D, uh, now, okay, so we'll get into it a little bit. We're discussing real estate as an additional stream of income. We cannot pretend to give the kind of advice I can't, at least uh, uh, like it's going to be a business for you. I, uh, I'm the kind of guy, I think Tracy was worse, but I was the kind of guy who originally didn't want to play with houses and hotels in Monopoly because it was confusing, right? Rent now, and what is this, property tax, I don't get this, I gotta pay what? And I just, just, you know, I'll buy the property for $27 or whatever, or $400, and then you just, here's what you gotta pay me for rent when you land on it. I didn't want to develop these things, and, um. I think Tracy still doesn't play with houses and hotels.
1: <laughs> well, we did. You what? We did. I, I started that game at eight years old. We always bought houses and hotels. Yeah, good for you. That's why you had a, <laughs> a, a
0: niche for, for it. Uh, but some kids never play that, and really some adults never get into the things that we're going to discuss, and, and, and that's, that's fine, too, uh, to each his own in one sense. Here's the question, okay? Can I afford to buy real estate? E? How's it possible these days to buy a property costing eighty-five thousand, or one hundred and twenty-five thousand, or two hundred and fifty thousand? Most people don't have that kind of money sitting in a sock drawer. You know. Um,
1: I think that's where the rentals come in. Uh, a lot of my rentals, I would say, is p- kids coming out of, not just kids, but mostly uh, coming out of high school, coming out of college. Um, starting a job or whatever uh a lot of times it's not until they get married that they have a dual income that they can even start thinking about a house right and find property like your it. own daughter and yeah, her like husband and
0: Andy, yeah you know. and it and makes an argument for uh building up a nest egg before you ever grow mm-hmm. up yeah. you know or 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 whatever maybe working and, and living at home for another five years uh, to see if you can't uh Gain, gain some of that. Uh, so your option is either you have it in the sock drawer, right, or you take a loan out. And um, taking a loan out is going to cost you. And I, this is, I think, where your friend's idea comes in. Why, you know, if I buy it and I got a thirty-year mortgage at three percent, my loan amount was two hundred thousand, but after the end of thirty years, I paid another one hundred and three thousand on So if I'm selling it for three hundred thousand. I'm not making anything, really. Right. Um, I, I, I paid it away in, in interest. So who... I mean, you still got something, right? But who, who's the big uh, winner in that, in that scenario? It's the bank, as long as you kept making your payments and they didn't have to bankrupt you. Right. right? Or foreclose on you, I should say.
1: I think that's why it's very important to keep, keep tabs on the interest rates and refinance and... and And look at these things and you know if you're a a kid that doesn't have a very big credit line yet Hmm. um, you're going to have to pay higher interest to to begin nine times out of ten because you're going to be considered a high risk if you don't have a credit you're going to have to
0: you have to come up with some equity you have to pay down more or or whatever put something against the loan because um i mean interest rates were like at nothing hardly Right, a couple of years ago. Now they're starting to creep now up they're creeping reasonably. Up,
1: which is what you see the home market going back down again now mm-hmm. too. You know? mm-hmm. so,
0: yeah, and, and and you can see here that this chart just gives you like uh, at 3% the same house same value, uh, cost of the house 200000 At 3% you're going to pay this much in interest over that 30 year period. At 4% you're going to pay that much in interest. At 5% and, and that percentage uh, makes a Huge deal of difference. And, and the 30-year mortgage, I mean, stretched out, it just, uh, it just builds. And you it, it have in the far right-hand side what they're calling the tipping point. I think that's basically when you start paying more on your principal than on your interest. Right. <laughs> right. It took you seven years to get to the point where now you're finally paying a little more principal than you were... Interest up to that point the bulk of it was in interest.
1: No, well, it's the so. same as your car loan or whatever. You know, right. if you look at your your car loan when you first buy that car and you're paying five hundred bucks, you know, your first payments almost three to four hundred dollars is just interest alone. Because mm-hmm. they get theirs first. And it's not until you're getting down to the the last forty months or at month forty if you're doing a sixty month that you start seeing that change and now all of a sudden you know, you're getting
2: the 300 going towards your car and,
0: and you know, the other parts yeah. of interest. which makes the, the argument again for paying cash or being able to afford the thing outright right. without getting into the, I'm going to give, me and the bank are going to own this, yeah. and I'm going to give a lot of money to the bank yeah. for the use of their money, which is their money. Yeah. Well, so I, am I willing to take out a loan from someone? From whom? Dad and Mom? That might be a better angle. Right, uh, Grandpa, Uncle Joe, or the bank is paying for money as interest on a loan an option for you. Okay, so wisdom, biblical wisdom, would say the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave of the lender. I'm all for not owing people money. There's no greater feeling in the world than when you you get to a point where you're like made your last house payment, and you think, this is mine, free and clear. I don't owe anybody anything. and it's a property tax. It, yeah, <laughs> well, except for what I believe to be the theft of property tax, where you're paying the government rent to live in your house that you've paid for all these years. I, I think there should be a better tax to deal with taxes than property tax. And if you didn't support some of what they do with property taxes in the first place, it probably wouldn't be near as high, which is typically public education, you know, that gets supported with it. Um, If you do, uh, next page, if you agree to a loan, how will you come up with the money to make your monthly payments? And this is the million dollar question, and and we start to think about, well, what what do the experts say when they're trying to make a house purchase decision that they plan to rent that they're not going to live in? Um, The bank requires a percentage of property paid by you, um, which is like twenty percent in some cases. I don't know if it was up to thirty percent after two thousand eight and 2009's rough waters. Um, but they weren't given they weren't given loans for property at all hardly because no, uh, and there, there they was built a, themselves a monster and it had to get killed. And,
1: there was know. a time before Fannie Mae happened that you know if you had equity in another house, you know you could use that as as your down payment, and um, they really. Uh, Seem to be shying away from that.
0: Uh, not completely. Uh, I know that we had discussed um, uh, with the banker we typically use, which is like Oricon Bank, I think, for property purchases, and uh, he said that, uh, "Well, you got you got other equity here. I'm not worried about it. You know, it's like as long as he felt like he could, you know, sink his, you know, clause into some other property in case right. we." went belly up, and, that he could access.
1: And um, essentially that's what you're risking in at that point. Right,
0: priority? right, right. So, yeah. And and then and there's the big, we got to step back and be big boys and realize that
2: this is not our money.
0: So we can't call all the shots, right. right? If we're taking out a loan, then we answer to the bank or the dad or the whatever that we're taking the loan out from
3: for a secondary property, don't you have to get 30%? Like, if it's not your primary residence, the percentage goes up, doesn't it, on the down payment?
0: Uh, I think it, it, it is higher. Um, I, d- I don't really
3: know. I think it's isn't the idea – I thought the idea was because it is – risk. the bank sees it as riskier. Because you're not living there. You don't have to have it. So you're more likely to default, so they would require a greater percentage. But I don't I know. I think it depends on cash
1: flow at that point, too. Okay. Uh, equity, how much the – uh, appraisal goes for versus how much you're paying for it and what your cash flow is on it, that will make a difference. When you say what your cash flow
0: is on it, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, if you're buying a place and the cash flow means that if uh, you are taking in enough money to cover the expenses and show a little bit of a profit. Some uh, type so of a
0: rent, profit. rent or leasing it. Or, yeah, but you don't maybe even know that if they're trying to give you a loan. You don't even have, maybe, Unless they had, there was a renter pre-existing. You, you should
1: know that. Uh, usually mm-hmm. the bank will acquire that before you can buy it.
0: Require you to have your... To your, have a proof of... How that. you're going to spell it out, how you're going to do this. Usually. Assuming uh, that you can do it. Right. At that they They,
1: want, they want a business plan. Yeah, yeah, right. Gotcha. They want a cash flow.
3: Um, also, the, uh, if you're like just starting out it's your first house... Memory serves if you're under the 20%, you can sometimes still get it, but then you're paying private mortgage interest, right? Or insurance. Insurance they call, yeah. Yeah, insurance. On top of what you're already paying until you hit that 20% equity point. That is a possibility. So so you can get in, but it costs even more. Yeah,
1: Yeah. you're paying that extra interest until you got that 20,000 paid, which you're paying interest first, too. So it's 20,000 on the principal part of it, which is, you know, in, in the beginning is very small.
0: Oh, is that with the principal um, principal and interest, and then you know, what did they call it? interest
3: principal. would be normally a part of your mortgage, Yes, mortgage. then it's insurance. insurance on top of it, which is like an extra payment you're making.
1: Yeah, they call it, they call it mortgage insurance, but really what it is is you're, you're paying a high-risk loan and a low-risk loan. Okay. So they'll charge you 5% on that 20000 that you didn't have to put down on the house, until you got that twenty thousand marker,
0: and so the banks just requiring it to cover themselves—they're
1: making more money on you. Yeah,
0: well, much, and, and they're going to be safer. But you're taking higher risk. But they'll be safer if you screw up. Yeah, because this insurance company will step in and say, yeah, maybe,
1: maybe. I I don't even know. If, <laughs> I don't even really know if it's yeah. an insurance company. I just think it's a, a term they use to make it. Sound better than we're going to charge you double interest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, whatever happened to other people's money? Okay, that was uh, that was what you'd hear again and again, and how you're becoming rich or owning property because other people were paying for it. And, and I think it is a little bit how we're discussing this at the moment is that uh, if I've got my ducks in a row and I find the right. Tenants to rent from me, they're paying to pay off my loan. They're paying for me to go another ten years on loan payments and uh, property taxes and insurance and all these other things that, if I were smart, I'll have figured into their rent payments. And that's probably the business plan that you're saying the bank yeah, wants that's, to that's, see to give you the loan.
1: That's part of the cash flow, but that's true of any business, isn't it? It's other people's money that you're after. With, uh, yeah, if but you know, just, if you're uh, reliant on your own money, you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> right. It,
0: yeah, but you're not. Um, yes, and I guess this business is you uh, taking the risk, providing a place, and um, then doing the maintenance and answering the calls at night or whatever yeah. else that come yeah. up. Right. That's that is definitely a, a business. at That point.
1: Just a different way to look at it.
2: What's that? Just a little different angle. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. the same thing.
0: It's it, it is. Um, but that was the big sell. You can, you can grow rich on other people's monies. And Dave Ramsey learned a hard lesson in regard to that. Uh, Dave Ramsey became known only because of his great, great failure of having gotten so many properties and then being foreclosed upon by the banks. Mm-hmm. And it just wiped him out. And he started rethinking life and his purpose uh, from what I remember at a card cardboard table in his living room with his wife pacing <laughs> you know, so yeah. and then he became very much a debt free oriented don 't take out loans type of person and uh, I appreciate a lot uh, dave ramsey's uh, philosophy because I think it's safe, and I tend to be a chicken in some ways so uh I'll read this real quick. I have an unusual way of looking at the world. My wife, Sharon, says I'm weird, and truthfully, I am weird. But there's a reason. Starting from nothing, by the time I was 26, I had a net worth of a little over a million dollars. I was making $250,000 a year. That's more than $20,000 a month net taxable income. I was really having fun, but 98% truth is a lie. That 2% can cause big problems, especially with $4 million in real estate. I had a lot of debt, a lot of short-term debt, and I'm the idiot who signed up for the trip. The short version of the story is that debt caused us, uh, caused us, over the course of two and a half years of fighting it, to lose everything. We didn't tell anyone what was going on, but if we had to do it again, we would learn from the wisdom of others who have been through it. We soon, we soon learned that we were not the only ones at the bottom. Barbie and Ken, you know the couple who appear to be perfect, perfect clothes, perfect car, perfect house, are broke. And I don't take financial advice from broke people anymore. (laughs) Um, He he definitely uh, has brought out, if you ever listen to his radio show or whatever, people who look like they got it all together, they're just moving, shaking, going out when they want to go out, doing this and doing that, having a beautiful house and this... But they're just living day by day on making their payments. Yeah. And the minute they hit rough waters, they're toast. And, and, and it all gets exposed at that point, which is kind of like what happened to him. But um, I, I can't imagine anymore having a life with a house payment, which I get it. Um, and even Ramsey gets it, that there's a place for a mortgage, you know. He's not telling people to get rid of their mortgage. He's just telling them pay down and get rid of the mortgage. <laughs> you know? uh, but then having credit card debt and owning one or two cars that you owe on, and, and, and all these things, I just can't. I can't fathom that world. I would want no part of that. And um, we've we've always been kind of, I think, frugal that way, that we didn't get into huge, huge, tens and thousands of dollars of debt beyond our our. Um, our own mortgage, and then um, I, I kind of feel like uh, people are, are taught to make decisions that way. They are, um, even when you watch uh, TV shows that you know are fixed house fixer upping shows and stuff, it's always like they come in and what can you afford? Is the question, in other words, what that means is what kind of debt payment can you afford to pay monthly? Where's your income? Can you pay in debt $2,000 a month? I mean, they start making their decisions that way, and I think that is so ridiculous to me. Never. Just don't get it then. It's, Just hold off.
1: It's a lot of way how kids are taught today, though.
0: I know, so, I agree. Is, uh,
1: okay, you make this much, can we make the payments? You can afford this then, uh, yeah. That's why every store you walk into, if you're buying a TV, well, the, the payment, what are the payments? They don't even ask how much the, how much the thing cost. You know, it's, what's the payment? Yeah. You know, yeah, I'll take that 56 incher because I can make the payments, you know.
0: Which, which is an absolute, uh, I think it's an absolute unbiblical way to approach oh, life yeah. and finances. Yeah. And, and it, is, uh, it is a slave mentality that the, the debtor, uh, the slave, uh, the verse I just quoted. But the business is slave to the lender. The businesses
1: are picking up on this and saying, okay, this is how we got to sell these things. Oh, they, they, they're all,
0: yeah. as long as they get the money, they're yeah. okay.
1: We gotta make sales
2: yeah. somehow. Yeah. I remember
3: sitting across from a, a, at a car dealership, a guy once, and he started doing the like your payment thing. And I was like, okay, but how much is it gonna cost me total? Yeah. And I like couldn't get him to say it. Yeah. I'm like, do I have to pull my own calculator out? Yeah. I, like, I don't care what the payment is. I wanna know how much I pay by the end of the thing.
1: How much is it to
3: yeah. boot? It's crazy. And a lot
1: of people don't even under- know what that, that statement is. What did you just say? How much to boot? Which is I don't know. That okay, so if I'm buying a car and I'm trading one in, what's the diff- what am I paying? Yeah, right. I'll and trade. that's what we always to boot is what we always called. It. Okay. Maybe it's a Dutch term, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know the origin of the word to boot? I mean or no. what that
1: phrase is, yeah. No, it, it could be uh, one of those things. Could be a pirate, uh, pirate thing as far as I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, I think he's got good advice. I am all for uh, that way of thinking. Anything we've done, I think, in life, uh, it didn't necessarily wasn't be based on Dave Ramsey, because we just learned of him probably when we moved down here and started like paying attention to what he was teaching on, on getting out of debt and so on. And it wasn't because we were in great debt, but he also teaches on investing and for the future and thinking about the inheritance you're going to be leaving or not leaving your own. Descendants? Oh, can't go there yet. <laughs> tried to rewatch that last night real quick and Tracy put up with it. <laughs> so you want to buy real estate other than your home. What do, you, what do you hope to do with it? Do you plan to fix it up and sell it? Some people go down that path. Okay, There's, There are reality shows on all of these different types of things. Flip or flop, fixer up for house hunters, love it or list it. Um, I, I'm a fan of watching shows dealing with businesses and business ideas. I always enjoy that. I uh, I tried to get uh, a, a local um, diner to just hey watch some Gordon Ramsay stuff. He's got great advice for these little restaurants he's trying to turn around. I, I, no, no interest. It's like <laughs> why wouldn't you take just and learn from? You can even in, enjoy yourself sitting in front of the TV at leisure. But you can be learning some of these principles or whatever. No interest.
1: Actually, I was at a restaurant that they did watch that show, and that's because uh, they brought my meal out. And uh, I said something to the fact of how it was cooked. And I'm not one to complain, usually. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was like really raw. Okay. And she says, we will not put up with that, she says, and she took it back and uh, Brought me out a new one, didn't charge me whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then she uh, sat by us later on and we were talking. She goes, Yep, I actually watched that show, she says, and I take his advice, she yeah, says. And yeah. we don't have a bad meal that goes out. If we do, we totally comp it. She yeah, says, comp it because is, we
0: want you back again yeah. having a good experience of yeah. getting a good free meal when yeah. it was all said. Yeah, and done. right. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think you're a fool if you don't take advantage of some of these things that we have easy access to that can be enjoyable it's not like hard work watching kitchen nightmares it's kind of fun you know so why why wouldn't you do that you'll always glean something is how i feel when you just invest time in a book or a tv show or whatever the
1: case especially somebody that's known for that business yeah yeah he's a chef you know world-renowned chef he's got to know know something if he owns all them restaurants
0: be leery of that whole attitude of how much you can afford, which we just talked about a second ago, that credit credit game mindset. Banks and realtors tend to like that game um, because, hey, I, I don't know, how much can you afford it means I'm going to show you different houses that I know you could afford, right? Well, pretty soon you're affording the Taj Mahal, but you can only make payments for seven months until the economy hits you harder. (laughs) Now the Taj Mahal is owned by the bank trying to get rid of it to some other other person.
1: All of a sudden you're Ken and Barbie.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, you look like Ken and Barbie for seven months. (laughs) Uh, Do you plan to buy it as an investment to sell or to use in the future? It's a question to ask. Oh, sorry, I skipped one. Do you plan to rent your building or apartment or land to someone? Do you plan to buy it as an investment to sell or use in the future? I always don't think in those uh, buy it to to invest and in, in sell in the future. If you're not making the income, it's like you kind of got to feel like you got to take care of this place until then. It's like I gotta what do I gotta re-roof it probably before you know that big day comes and all of these different expenses. I I tend to be when I think about some of that stuff, I think lazy. I think I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm going to have to pay somebody to do it. You know, which is part of my formula always. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be the guy who's changing out, helping change out the the furnace to save a thousand bucks. I'm going to say, have at it. How much more is it going to cost me? Okay. That's me, because I got other, I mean, I'll I'll work hard, but it's going to be in the things I like doing and and I feel like I excel at. It's not going to be in things that I've always, I think forever have said, the car mechanic can be the car mechanic. He can change my oil. He can do all that stuff that every man can do. I'm going to go sell locks, or I'm going to go do this, because I think in the time spent, not that that's the only consideration, but in the time spent, I'm going to make a lot more money to pay him And be ahead of the game than if I were to start changing my own oil.
1: Depends on on the situation, I guess. So I helped him for five hours Mm -hmm. and saved me a thousand bucks. So I got paid two hundred bucks an hour. Right. Right. I can't do anything else for that.
0: Yep. And that there's there's a good formula for your scenario there. Um, And if you've got the wherewithal to do it. Right. right. So. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm I'm not saying that was a. And just I'm not eye. saying changing your own oil is a bad thing either because no. you know how to do something. That, and manual labor itself is a good thing just before God and in your own thoughts. So I, I hated the idea, but I got the sprayer from Calvin's house. He had the, the siding sprayer. And I thought, okay, I'm going to spray at least the greenery on the white siding of the parsonage. And as far as I could reach, the main stuff, I wasn't going to go all the way around. I can't get up to some places, But I've done this years back, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. Alto Fair's coming up. i got to make it look a little more presentable. <laughs> and I thought, I hate this idea. If someone would just come and do it for me, who would I even ask? I'm going to do it. So I got the sprayer from Calvin's, and, and I, I remember it's pretty easy once you spend any time looking at you know, hooking it up, and, and get, get up. And I just... Plugged in, hosed up, and started, started, and added the detergent into the water area. Started spraying. And it, it feels good when you're doing something, you know, that is manually laborish. It's not, it was not hard. Climbing the ladder, coming down, moving the stuff, spraying, spraying, spraying.
4: And then later last
0: night, it was like, I don't know, who, who touched my arm? I said, oh, that was my spraying arm, careful. <laughs> The little wimpy wand. (laughs) But anyway, so I did what I wanted to do. It felt good. Could I have made more money doing something else? I'm sure of it. But, In in any any rate.
1: Well, I think that's part of it, though, too, is is, um, the satisfaction of looking back and and having an accomplishment as well. I mean, that plays into it.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, I fully agree. And it's not all about dollars and cents, obviously. If it were all about dollars and cents, uh, Jesus wouldn't have died on a cross, right? And, and Abraham wouldn't have left the earth, the Chaldeans and gone off. Um, but for both of them, they own everything. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, so those are questions you had. Interesting angle, and that's where this movie comes in, um, was with Ray Kroc, right? Uh, McDonald's Restaurant's. Uh, and this is kind of a long story. Who's seen, anyone see this movie? Okay. As I remember it, and I couldn't get to that part, but the, the greatest money maker for Kroc was the fact that he bought the land that the buildings would be put on. And so every McDonald's had to pay him rent, in a sense. They were running the franchise. It started as two other brothers' business. They were named McDonald's. But he owned the land that they put the franchise business on and they had to pay him. And with all the McDonald's that are out there and all the land purchases on the corners of, of the freeway there, out there as you head into little towns, that's where he made his, his money. And it wasn't even like he had to be extra invested in the business, McDonald's business itself anymore. So,
1: Either him or he got people, other people, to buy, and then he'd take a percentage
0: uh, of the franchise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He definitely got these uh, other people involved, and he found out that the best people to own a franchise were the, the young couples who were hungry yeah. to make to make money, to, to to earn a living, and to do things right. It wasn't the I he, no he started. It wasn't the golf club people with all the money that could throw it around because they, they weren't. Invested, invested.
1: And he was actually going to lose money with those people. Yes. Because yes. they, they knew better. So they were going to actually take some of his pie. Oh, if he got yeah, and involved, I don't remember If that. they got him involved. Didn't,
0: so, didn't see that as much. They I, just, I found it to
1: be kind of a sad movie because yeah. the actual brothers that built the business yes. got ripped off. Yes. And he made money doing basically yeah. nothing.
0: Yes. And, and I, 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 I don't I'm not um, holding uh, him up as a Business, business ethics example. As much as I am, as a, this is what he did yeah. with real estate, yeah. and and it was it was significant, and it's well worth watching the movie just because it gets your thoughts turning on business in general. Uh, loan payment, next page. Loan payment, property tax, maintenance. Oh, sorry, I'm skipping. No, sorry, I'm skipping the most important part. All right. Um, G, I, I want to buy real estate, okay, and I want to rent to someone. This is what you're thinking now. And uh, how will you pay for it? That's going to be a huge, huge, important decision to make. Uh, sometimes it is a 20% down and, and a bank lien against the property, right? You're going to maybe go that route if you're going to take a loan out, which I, again, question whether you want to do that wholeheartedly. And if you do, I've got certain things that we've decided in our heads that we tried to do. I'll share it in a little bit. But you and the bank are in it together, and uh, it's hard to get around that, or you mom and dad, or you and who, whoever you're getting a loan from. And if moths fly out of your pants pocket, then the bank will do something with its side of the partnership. I'll guarantee it that you won't end up with that property if <laughs> you start losing it, right? Is there a formula then, if, if you're looking at, uh, uh, a rental opportunity before you even buy the house? Is there a formula that you should consider? There is in the book, um, yeah, that book, I think, is this the one that I had bought a bunch of copies, okay? I think uh, Masterson spends about a chapter or two on just this whole idea of the ingredients that you've gotta consider if you're gonna take out a loan to buy a place and rent it out. I'm not gonna get into those things. But I, I know that uh, Paul's wrestled with these thoughts and Zach has wrestled with these thoughts a little bit and Calvin, too, with, with Zach, I think. Um, on what do, what, do you, what do we need to make sure that this property can do financially?
1: And this is where cash flow comes in. To,
0: to determine whether I can buy it or not. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you, uh, why don't you start, Paul, and then...
1: Well, Zach. the basic rule, the, the easiest formula... To get you started, to see if it's even worth going in, is usually you take uh, rent. So let's say I have a, a duplex that I'm buying, and they're getting seven hundred dollars a side. So the rent in is fourteen hundred. That place should cash flow at one hundred and forty.
0: Say that again. Sorry, slower. So if
1: the rent if the rent coming in is fourteen hundred, that place should cash flow. At 140, if the rent is 1200, oh, you mean you, you should
0: profit at 140 yeah, per month? Yeah, you should be able to have a cash Extra? flow if you okay. pay
1: 140 for the place, okay. or if you get 1200, you should be able to afford 120.
0: So 10 percent of what you're getting in the, as income, you're saying you should be able to have in your pocket when all is said and done. You
1: should be able to keep the, should be able cash flow. That means you should be able to be able to cover uh, insurance. Property tax, um, and and, uh, mortgage interest, and maintenance.
2: Yeah, maintenance is in that too. It is.
1: This is a very simple formula for let's say you're looking at a place, and and uh, you're you're wondering if it's even worth investigating. This would be your first formula.
3: Is is it? Sorry, just I understand the rent that they pay. Yeah. should be at roughly 10% of your purchase price yes. of the house. Yeah. The so rent that they you pay don't pay $150,000 for a house if you can only get $1,000 a month. You Correct. want $1,500 a month to be able to buy $150,000 a house.
0: Okay, I see. So you're saying that the total cost of the house, $150,000, yeah. you need to make sure that, that a basic rule would be you need to get $1,500 a month from your tenant. Correct. Ten percent of the overall cost of Correct. the house so, for one year. For, so you for, have to per month.
1: yeah. So you have to take into account that you better be familiar with the area and say, okay, is seven hundred really a good number for this place? Or if this guy is saying he's getting seven hundred aside, but really he, you know, uh, the highest rent in town is is eight hundred, and this place isn't near that. Well, I'm not going to get that seven hundred. So uh, also. Uh, the roof needs to be replaced at twenty thousand, so now that's got to come off of that too. So if I'm if I'm getting fourteen hundred, the place is at one forty, but I need to put twenty thousand dollars roof on. Right before you even now, get, get before, anywhere. Before I right. even get started. So now
0: you're one hundred and sixty thousand. Right. Which means sixteen hundred dollars. So.
1: Yeah. So this is kind of a, a very vague tool per se to start in negotiations. Okay. I'm looking at a place. He says he's getting seven hundred. I believe that he is aside he wants 140 Per 000. side you got two two units you got two units okay. or whatever So you got, you're getting 1,400 he's got to place at 140. It will cash flow but I see the roof isn't good. So maybe I'll come back and say maybe 120. Okay you know I'll take that off or yeah
0: because you're going to say, okay, I'd buy the place from you but that roof's got to be done. That roof so. is done
1: or the water heaters are bad or the furnace is you know sketchy or whatever. No, if I. And if they I were still pay
0: the $1. $1. paying seven hundred a month, you could still keep charging the fourteen hundred, because they just got a new roof. You're not going to make their payments less, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and
1: you might even raise it or whatever, but yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, if you're looking at the place, this is a good place to start. Yeah, gotcha. And and go from there.
0: So, are you? Uh, you have two rentals right now. And you just bought that second one, which you had to put in all the extra time and money, right? Uh, in the last year or so, right?
1: Uh, I think it's been two
0: years now. Okay, all right. And 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 they had tenants on both sides when you when you bought that one. No, one one side was
1: empty. Okay, all right. But I knew what rent is in town, having my other rental, and yep. I knew uh, I knew like the the complexes were charging. Hundred and fifty more per unit. Per unit. Okay. For for the two bedroom. How many bedrooms makes a difference as well, of course. You know, you can get more rent for a two bedroom than you can a one bedroom or a three bedroom. What
0: about the neighborhood?
1: Neighborhood's important too, I think. Um
0: it would be for me if I were yeah, to rent.
1: because nobody wants to rent from you, even if your place is golden and the guy next door.
0: It's you got know, three Cars parked on the lawn. Yeah. And, yeah. It's got
1: two Harleys yeah. and one's before I park and the other <laughs> one isn't, you know.
0: In fact, you, you guys, I think, would know, it's Liskies maybe. Who was living right down near the prison for a while? On, on the, Was oh, you? Yeah, South Madison. That was kind of getting old for you. Oh, yeah. You wanted to get away from there, I remember. You, you, you walked into a nice scenario, but I cannot, uh, there's some places I just wouldn't want to live. I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want those kind of neighbors necessarily, not to,
1: well, and Just the trouble like, is, is that if you have a run-down neighborhood, you're going to attract people that are okay living there.
2: Yeah.
1: Which, you know, if, if that's their thing, that's their thing, but they're usually not going to be as caring either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they live in a dumpy neighborhood, they're not going to look at your... And they they want to rent their, your place, they're going to turn your place into a dump, too, usually, but not always. But.
0: And, and so when a neighborhood starts to... Uh, take care of things. You know, another house gets sold and this one's taken care of right. and it's improved upon. I mean, there's hope there then. Yeah, you
2: know, right. Yeah. Turn
0: this around. It's, I bought low, but things are getting better. You know?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but then going back to cash flow, there's, there's <laughs> other formulas that you can use then as you're getting closer to buying. Okay. You know, before you pull the trigger. Um, and there's websites galore. Yeah. I mean, you can get as detailed as being, um, basically, if, if you want to take out, um, you, you have to take out mortgage uh, and then your insurance and your property tax, and then you have to figure repair and maintenance, and you can get as detailed as saying, okay, 5% for rent loss, you know, if it's empty, then I, I have that figured in, that I can be empty a couple months and still make cash flow. Um, in Wapan I, I add 5% for unpaid utilities because if you don't pay your utilities in Wapan it goes to the landlord.
0: Okay, so even though they were responsible to pay right. the utilities, they
2: jump ship. If it. they jump
1: ship and you can't squeeze the blood out of a turnip, uh, yeah. Yeah. you end up with it on your tax roll nothing else. So, uh,
2: Zach,
0: I'm going to have you... Chime in a little bit from some of the things you you guys studied. Sure. And let me just pull up this
2: one. So sure.
3: just to start, I've got um, I've not done anything myself yet, but we have I do have a couple people I know um, who who have dozens of rental properties in the last few years, and um, so I just picked their brain, like you know, what do you guys use when you're considering it, that kind of thing? One of the things the like guy said that. It was really helpful just to get an idea around, you know, what the local people are charging or getting for rent is going to. And I'm not sure if you're on. It, can you? No. Can you have something. Can you click on the 2022? That link right underneath the year. Um, underwear. Underneath year. See that f1 fiscal year 2022. Okay. Is that a link? I, I can't tell from here. Okay. No. Oh, okay. Anyway, if you go to the HUD website, you can search for fair market rent. It's like Housing and Urban Development basically will give you a county-by-county breakdown. And you can see what a one-bedroom, two-bedroom, and three-bedroom is going for. And then it gives you a ballpark. Um, maybe not exactly. It's not going to go down down to the, like, the township level. But it gives you what do people pay in Lac County for a one-bedroom rental. At the county level. Uh, Dodge Lepart. County yep. And that's so not, when Yep.
1: That's not even bad for a person that has had one for a while, Sure. Too.
3: Sure, yeah, keep it tight. What is it, what is it, this year, or yeah. whatever.
1: you know, what, just way low?
3: gives you a starting point because you can't really do your math unless you know what you're going to get for a property.
2: Correct.
3: So that was the kind of step one. Uh, and then step two, then, is you can get a calculator, and there's a bunch of them, but if you can go to your second image, there. So, like, you just go to rental property calculator, calculator.net. And you can put every single number in here. So you can put how much you're paying for it, what your down payment percentage is, what your interest rate is, how long the loan is, what your closing costs are in buying the property, does it need repairs immediately, yes or no. Then you keep going down, what's your property tax, what's your insurance, do you have any fees, what's your expected annual maintenance on the thing, any other costs you haven't accounted for. Then you put in what's your monthly rent that you're gonna get for it. Are you going to have a vacancy rate? Is there going to be some amount of time every year where you're not filling the unit because you're trading them over? Uh, Is there going to be a management fee? Are you going to pay someone to take that call at midnight if you don't want to? Yes. Now, that that one, one I'd be
0: figuring something in.
3: (laughs) You know, and then also you can, because it also is eventually, presumably, becoming an asset for you you could sell in the future. It'll ask you how long you're going to keep the property for. Are you going to sell it? The whole goal of the whole thing is you're trying to get your ROI, your return on investment for the property because as my friend made a good point, he said, listen, it doesn't take you any time to invest in your 401k or the stock market or whatever. If you could get 8% doing that, why would you go through all this hassle to get 5%? Right. He said the reason he and his buddy were doing this is they were targeting 20%. They wanted 20% hmm. uh, annual return on their investment.
0: And if they couldn't, then they just didn't make the
3: purchase. Right, right. right. So... If you do this, like i had done this, taken this calculator and looked at the rates and stuff, and like in Waupon, yeah. there's not a lot of places in Wapan where you can get 20%. Right. Yeah. There just isn't. You're not... So you,
0: you didn't, and we didn't spend the time on the one that you did, that yeah. John Parsons Yeah, through.
3: Where would that have left you? That would have been close to the right number. Really? Yeah. Really. Because it was an affordable place. It had two units. They were both two-bedroom units. Mm-hmm. So I think the rates we were looking... Do you remember, Calvin? I thought we... It was like... Was it like seven or 800 a unit we could have gotten, probably? probably. One person was... Two people in there already didn't need a lot of fixing up to... We could have basically just done some paint and maybe carpet and, like, gotten people almost right away. Um, there was a little bit of window work that needed to do. done. So when you done. were
0: doing that, did you start... When you're walking through and you're doing the math, did you start to feel almost like
2: a slum? <laughs> this, is, this is the I joke that my, that
3: my friends have is, is we tease them about being slumlords oh, because no. they buy <laughs> cheap properties they fix them up a little bit yeah. and they rent them out yeah which he, obviously that wouldn't be ethically proper to be a slumlord not, not yeah. with the moral <laughs> connotations that term usually yes. has but nice. yes yes <laughs> right.
0: right no that's funny no and we uh, we didn't really get to that as a family mm-hmm. analyzing oh yeah. hey hey speaking of family Oh, she's quick to go,
3: no, mm, mm. <laughs> get rid of that.
0: That's my ass being
3: saved. So anyway, if, I think if you're getting serious at all about this kind of way of thinking, that's very sobering to fill out a calculator like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah good. Um, and and I like you your things comment. you don't necessarily think about.
0: I like your comment about these guys figured, well, you don't do nothing, and you can maybe make 8% on yeah. your 401k, which has been the case the last year and a half or whatever, but... But over the history of the market. But if you're going to try beating 8% at least, right? Yeah. All the work involved in owning a property, oh, you know, yeah. as well.
1: Uh, and then you have to look at markets go up and down. Mm-hmm. And rental is, is more or less a long-term thing unless you're flipping them. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your profitability, because like we talked about with your interest, your profitability is until after you get past that hump and you're starting to pay principal
3: yeah, past that. Yeah. What do they call it? Tipping point? Or tipping
1: whatever, point,
3: right? yeah. And the guys that I knew, or know that, that do this kind of thing too, they're trying to do it at scale, so that also involves they've got like contractor-type employees who are taking calls. One's got a uh, family member who is basically almost full-time employed just fixing up the places that they buy and going from one to the next. We, so you have to have a quite a few
1: units in order yes, to, to get to yes, that point. Yes, Yeah.
3: Yeah, because when we own...
0: Still up north in New Auburn, and we thought, okay, well, maybe we'll rent it out, keep it. Maybe we'll go back and retire up there or whatever. We loved it up there, but it's just like they're oh, having a problem with this. Or how do you deal with that? You know, these are tenants. You got to be. I think you're nuts if you're not just locally doing it, where it's very easy to get get your hands on. Otherwise, you got to have somebody like set aside as a employee or part-time subcontractor or something
2: and if
1: you have a full-time employee now you're talking fica and all that yeah and if you can do it yourself be surprised how much you're saving
0: and if your kids are asked to do it (laughs) you know they gotta have time desire as well and that's you know throwing that burden on them so because i think everything we've done uh hopefully, is with the idea that this isn't ours, we're stewards of Christ, and we'd want our children to be able to continue carrying this, this stuff on, which we we'll get into that more on the last meeting. But, so that you get the name of that calculator, .net, or whatever, I think that's yeah. probably There's it. There's a lot of them out there, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a
1: great tool to use, and I think too... Uh, uh, you can always call your bank to find out what the fees are, because uh, a lot of times you'll be surprised on how much that is. So the next step that I did is I I went ahead and paid uh, an appraiser to look at the place you and make sure it, yeah. that it was worth what what I thought it was worth. Do, you and, do inspection? What's that? Do you do an inspection? I don't do an inspection because I figure I kind of do my own uh, as far as, you know, I look at the basement and the, the, the foundation all the way up to the attic and the shingles and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I kind of have that knowledge, so I'm, I'm lucky that way. Yeah. Uh, but the appraisal is um, something that he'll actually take other houses in the area and can do a comparison. Mm-hmm. And with that, if you have a good assessor, they'll even add what the... the rent is for these type of houses that he's comparing to the one that you're buying as far as, you know, so then you know, if you don't already, you now know what, what rent is. Is, is that $700 a unit? Is that uh, something that's going to fly or is that just way out of the world or whatever? So, and usually they'll do that. However, I did that on my own cause I thought that was worth the 650 bucks so that I know before I go any further and start spending money on, on, uh, closing costs and all that kind of stuff So, uh, but the bank will have another appraise done that you'll have to pay for mm-hmm. so I pay, paid for somebody else too and
0: somebody you kind of know give you a deal I, the,
1: the one that I did first I know the guy
2: yeah, but the
1: second one actually nowadays the bank doesn't even know who it is yeah. so they do an appraisal it gets sent out there to three different people and one of them will get it. So there's no favoritism on the bank side. Yeah, yeah. So. I
0: find that, um, uh, and I don't know that I mentioned this, but I, I've been grateful just to know certain people that they just are the guys I would go to. I mean, John Carston as a real estate guy, I'm just going to go to him. Yeah. Uh, I like how he, he has a desire for me, you know, in the sense of helping me. Not just from a realtor standpoint, where they're all going to help you, you know. But yeah, right. From that standpoint, but also just as another Christian, you know, as another person who's trying to do things for the kingdom of God and, and likes your family and this and that. Uh, so I think it's a no-brainer. I'm always going to going to use him.
1: Well, and uh, if he sees that, and he sees that you're a person that's going to be a futuristic customer, thinker too. Yeah you know he's going to look out for your best interest that's how he gets repeat business as well yes it yeah. should be i think i think and i think you can tell that it's like a win win we're yeah. investing
0: in the future together yeah. in a sense next page 15 i just i mentioned some of the things here loan payment property tax maintenance of the place unpaid utility issues improvements all of these force you to establish a rental income that will pay for those for them okay Then the question, though, is, and you talked about the cash flow idea to be able to pay for all of these uh, things, Paul. But Don't you expect the profit even monthly, in a sense?
1: Yeah, I think I I do. Uh, Yeah, I I want a cash flow uh, per year. Now, um, the other part of that is now um, tax deduction. So if I want to do improvements on the place, let's say, that might take my profitability out. Yeah, yeah, However, it will save me on my income tax. It will also increase the value of my property. Mm-hmm. So now you got to play that little game a little bit with yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah.
2: Why are you shaking in your head? If it's I can, too much I to can. think
0: about right now.
1: <laughs> no,
4: I just um, I have a couple friends who are in the rental business who are playing the playing that game too. Like the and I don't mean playing it in like a negative sense okay, our investments on our rental properties this year are really high. We're going to put in a new this back because we need it anyways, and then it'll save me on my taxes because mm. where my income is is too high comparatively this year. And I'm just like, ugh.
1: Depends yeah. on the bracket then at that point because if your yeah. tax bracket is in the next level and you can get that below that and you can increase the value of the place and or increase your rent because the place is more of a – rentable place, mm-hmm. if it's a better looking, more appealing to uh, a higher rental level, you know, that investment comes back again, too. Do you
4: use an
1: accountant? No. Oh, well, to do my taxes, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not to, to run the place. Yeah,
0: I, I would never dream of not having an accountant. Once we started the business, yeah, that would just become a no-brainer. Even with the church and the way that it was set up at first, it was set up as like, I'm going to be a tax-free preacher, okay, so whatever tax I can get out of because I'm clergy, I don't want the government to take it. So whatever you need to do to make that right, and they, that, they understand that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's legitimate. And I wasn't going to try to figure that out. But then you add the business to it, and then you add, like, these properties and the income that starts, and it's like, just figure it out for me. Yeah, and drink. then even that way, though, the accountants don't always get
1: it <laughs> costs to you when they don't. So uh. to answer your question, yeah, I do have an accountant, and I do do a a pre end of the year to see where I'm at and what mm-hmm. makes the most sense. Yeah, we do too.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk in November before we get close yeah. to having them really make sense. And then decisions. if I need
1: a new stove, I'll get a new stove. Or yeah. right. up. Then so so. you make those decisions at the end of the year. Yeah, I also make them through the year. But now, okay, so one, one decision has been made for me already, and that's to replace the uh, furnace and the air conditioning unit. So
3: yeah, I'm some decisions... I'm looking pretty good right now. <laughs> some are more
0: discretionary than others. <laughs> the other thing, I remember uh, Dave Ramsey again saying something like, he just thinks it's foolhardy to go and spend a bunch of your profitability for tax purposes. Yeah. Um, and why would you do that? Just take, take your tax hit and do it. But I do think when one puts you into a whole different tax bracket, now maybe you start making those little decisions to keep from that being the case. But that's, that's my opinion. So, and it doesn't mean we don't try to like buy another van for technicians at the end of the year because it's going to make some sense. And we need one anyhow. Yeah. Or we're going to within the next year and a half. So.
3: Well, that was one kind of funny thing we encountered where the accountants would kind of talk about, okay, well, end of the year, we're like what things... Like, they almost talk a little bit sometimes as if, like, you're just going to spend the money because you, like, lose it. But you know, you're not losing the money. You're losing a portion yes. of the money yes. versus you're spending the entire dollar. Yes. You're only losing a portion of the dollar to the tax. Right. Man. And I um, think that's Ramsey's point. Right. Yeah. What are you, right. crazy? Right. Yeah. Are you going to no. just
0: spend money when you don't have to
3: spend it? So you, you buy the van you need, but not an extra van just because. Um, so
0: we started out, right, and it was one commitment at a time, uh, which I kind of felt was Ramsey um, kosher, because <laughs> we didn't own a house, we live in the parsonage, and um, we thought we'd had some money, and we started this business, and we could buy a property, let's, let's buy a property that we'll consider it our mortgage. And we'll make payments and do whatever. And so we bought 317 East Main Street, which is a big, beautiful building. And the Lord blessed us with it because we had heard from your wife (laughs) that, oh, man. And I was talking to Sue, and she goes, yeah, I can't believe they're selling that building so cheap. Because they had a coffee shop, Jane's Java and Junk, in there at one point. And then then they moved up. They quit doing it because I think parents were sick or something. They were taking care of parents. And uh, so where Sue was working, they got like all oh, their little coffee supply things and so on. And I can't believe they're selling it so cheap. I go, really? They're selling that building? So I said, John, Kirsten, right, get us in there. Let us walk through there. It wasn't listed. I said, how do we get in there to see this building? I understand that they want to sell the building. He goes, oh, I, I don't, you know, I don't typically like to call on people who don't, you know, call on us to ask if they want to sell, but he did and they took us through and they had what I thought your wife said they were asking for it we, we offered them whatever it was like $60,000 or something and um, they accepted it we got the building and it, we really wanted the building because uh, our competitors were starting to influence the specifications of, of new construction jobs so it's, it part of the spec read you must have a commercial site building well, we didn't have a commercial site building. We were, I was working out of the parsonage office and we had locks and things, as I said, in the past in the garage. And, okay, I said, no, it's We'll get ourselves a commercial site building. <laughs> this isn't too hard. So all of this played together and we bought this, got a, a great blessed deal. It's a beautiful building. And, um, and, uh, and we don't own it anymore, but we sold it. And, and I told John, you know, I want to, I think we should be able to sell it. Well, I don't know. The buildings down here, they sell pretty cheap. I said, but this is not just like any building down here on Main Street. This is a.
2: It's this built like is a, bank. a Beautiful <laughs> building. And I said, I just let's hold out.
0: I think the right person will come along. Well, then uh, Katrina of Katrina's uh, Case Boutique came along, and she goes, oh. she goes, I don't know if you remember me, but I came in here one time. What do you, What was the story, Tracy, on that?
4: Wanting to know if we wanted to would rent interested in renting to her. part yeah. Or the building or whatever, so...
0: Because she loved the building, yeah. Yeah. So And I thought, okay, yeah, and I don't remember that. But, uh, so she, she paid the full amount that we were looking to get. I, think. I, don't, I don't remember, but it was more than $60,000. And um, she loves it. She's, she's happy there. We're happy to, to take that sale, make some money with it, pay towards something else. And so what we did, and this is another beauty of John, is... I know, because uh, you know, we're looking, okay, now we, we've also got no home. Maybe we should buy something. We'd be interested in the parsonage, okay, but eh, not going to float that boat out there too far because it's a parsonage. Not everybody's on board with like, selling a parsonage. What does that look like then? So let's start thinking about where we would go if we were to uh, have to leave here, okay, the next mortgage thing. And so we, we bought this place on Edgewood Drive, and uh, this is a recent picture and those bushes out front with the metal around them is uh, Lydia's uh, wildflower garden or something, I don't know but um, that's where she and Ashley are now living and and Naomi lived there with them for a while but we just rented to to them, we bought the house, got a great deal on that one, I know a place that they're, you know, know, it's not you guys on hard times or whatever and he's looking to get out, and it's in a nice neighborhood and it's like the worst house in the nice neighborhood, which is just where you want to be. Um, and so we got the house, we did some, some things to it, and we, we got to probably redo the roof at some point soon, it sounds like. Uh, but it was, a, it was a great blessing. And, and it's paid off. Okay, so we get the, the payments from them, we, we sock money toward it, you know, and so on. But it, it's paid off completely, and it's been that way for some years. We still get rent payments. Pretty reasonable rent payments. <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, well, and, your cash flow is
1: good if you paid it outright. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, this one only cost us like eighty thousand. It, it was it was a good deal. When it, it was happens. a great deal. It was yeah. a good deal. We had to recarpet and paint and all that kind of stuff, but it was not real problematic. So God blessed us with with this as well. I felt. Um, then okay, so the bank building it was very difficult. Did you work when we had the bank building with us, Matt? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how long you worked when we were Only there. Oh, six years. Okay. six years. Okay. And it was getting cramped. I mean, we're, we've grown as a company, and, you know. Yeah. You get a lot of lot of orders in, and they start piling up next to the teller booths, you know. And you got to load it into your van through an narrow hallway. And you go, yeah, oh yeah, there are a lot of little challenges. Um, and, but we thought, okay, we got to find something different. Maybe maybe now's the time. We got a little money. Um, from the sale of that three seventeen I think it was still. And um, my history and recollection isn't quite the same. I thought, what about that place? You know, there's a building. It's it's it's, it's side by side. There's two there's a tenant on, on the left, which is the United USDA, which is really the kind of tenant you want, which we found out after the fact. And then this other side was was free and clear. Let's buy can we maybe get it? and I so I said to John, John. Can you find out what's going on with that building? Yeah, I'll look, okay, I'll look into it. Um, Does he actually talk? He talks no, he a little wasn't. like that.
4: I haven't I haven't, uh, I haven't spoken to him. Yeah. I've seen his step up. But I'm
3: thinking, yeah. is it really like that? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was very I'm funny. sorry. And it's not to mock. I talk, I, when I think of people, I kind of use their voice. But, um, can you talk to me for a second? Can I talk with me for a second? <laughs>
0: uh, but anyway, so he didn't look into it. And I said, oh, "Come on, we we want to make we want to like pull the trigger on something here." And so I reached out to him again. Oh, yeah, sorry, you know. And he goes, "Well, it's a good thing we waited." <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on, John. <laughs> it's a good thing we waited because they had come down with the price on it again. And so we got we got this building. I think it was was it two hundred and ten thousand or something. It wasn't that high. Yes it was. No, it wasn't it wasn't yes it was. was. It wasn't two ninety. You think no it wasn't three.
4: Yes it was. Yeah it was. Yes it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was probably two ninety something.
4: No, no it was it.
0: not. I don't remember that. <laughs> anyway, all right. So but the price I was, was right, like, whatever crumbling. it was.
3: And and the and the thing is is um, well the big thing was finding out the, the tenant. The tenant. Yes. I mean that's what still the deal. So it's a government
0: tenant and, and they they lease their, their side from the building owner, which would became us, and, and their lease payment, you know, more than pays for everything. As far as cash flow goes, yeah. I mean more than pays for everything. So whatever when we moved in and did some remodeling and had that all done, we can as GAPA security solutions can also pay towards the mortgage of the building. Okay? And so we we paid rent to GAPA properties. And, and this building is now paid off completely, which is a great blessing. And uh,
4: so, in purchasing that, we were obligated to take on that lease. Yes, that came with the building. We had to respect it. USDA has, yes. has has had long term leases. Yes. So they had a certain year contract on it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so now, just so this does not smell like roses, yeah. um, we had to just work to redo the lease. You know, look at Tracy's face right now she's just disgusted nightmare it
2: yeah
1: it is Night- government program it
0: is painful reading stuff written in double negatives yeah. and all of this with language you'd never even don't. you got to look up like two words per sentence
1: somebody makes a yeah. living writing those yes yeah and that's all he does and he's called a lawyer it's yeah. just yeah. waiting <laughs> and he is making a lot of money doing it because yeah. well and and
0: the thing is is, is we're so you
1: know
2: paranoid
0: that we don't really, we want to kind of understand it, Tracy even more so, uh, that it's like, we had to get to a point where where we said, listen, the guy who's trying to work with us on this, is just trying to get through so we can have this done. yeah They're not out to get you, you know, as much as you like to think that way of the government. <laughs> they're not out to get you, you know. But
4: they're out to get a good deal. so But they're out to, they, way, well, yeah. but they are
0: out to say, how can we get this done reasonably and so on, and, 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 uh, well, so
1: see their old lo- their old location I used to snow plow for them. The USDA? Yeah. Okay. And just doing just doing that was gobs of paperwork. Oh yeah. I just couldn't believe. It. I mean all I'm doing here is plowing your snow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm well I'm and not now, raising your children here. Send back contractors.
0: But now we have all those headaches. Our, the snow plier, Snowplower, WD Novice is the snowplower. They work with us and they get free and clear of having to deal with all that stuff. Um, But we just finished and finally got approval for the new lease, which the guy who runs the show over there says, I'm hoping that this is done so I can retire without having to move, right? And we're like, yeah, that sounds like it could work. If it didn't work, we figured we're going to take over that site and do something else, you know? Yeah, right. But Put
1: a bar in. What's that? Put a bar in. You know a saying? bar in? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be part of
0: it. Yeah. Part You'd of
1: like it. Right from one job to the next. <laughs>
0: but uh, Tra- uh, Tracy and I, you know, would, would work on this thing and on the phone, and then we get some questions answered. Then we got. What's the company that Aaron works for again? WDS. Uh, WDS. WDS. Where I'm saying. Um, WDS uh, guy to come and kind of do get his person involved to do a, a CAD drawing. There's never a CAD drawing for it. And, and, and we're trying to do this work, and it's like these things are getting shoved on us like, oh, you're going you to have to have this. Well, where was the last time this was done? They didn't have any of that. So they've, like, they've taken another step into making sure that everything is better and in its place with our release. Of the but we just officially were notified. That it's a done deal. We got the lease. Next day, I get a call on the phone. Tracy gets an email from this guy looking to buy the property. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're interested, but if you're interested in selling the property, well, we can, you know talk about it. Because he sees that there's this huge lease that was just established with the government yeah. for 12 years. Yeah. And, um, and it's, just, it's just a pretty, yeah. pretty penny. To Interesting. Keep socking away. Um, yeah. How many,
3: how many hours do you think between you and mom you guys spent just on that contract? Just for perspective.
4: We don't want to count. Yeah. We
3: no.
0: don't want to count. Well, she, so she went through it and it read is it so all I first. I've over
1: twelve years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If you spent if you hundred. it was like twenty minutes
3: a month. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. What it comes down to
0: She's she's wish, wishing the curse upon you guys for the next one is what she's yeah. doing. If you if it happens again, <laughs> and it may maybe and it could come to a point where we need the building space more than we need yeah. the tenant, and or
1: we well, or rent out more. your half and to somebody else and have a different building. Yeah, or that There's right. And
0: those are all I think decisions you, you make along the way. But this one was paid for in full, except for part of the lease is going to involve a um, a remodel of their kitchen area next door. Which uh, could go up to, with some recarpeting, some other things, which could go up to, according to percentages, $115,000 of uh, work, and that would include uh, any kind of engineering/slash architectural whatever decisions. Okay, but.
1: And then the red tape is in that, too, isn't it? Well, oh, yeah. So the
0: next email we get, we're awarded this, this lease. And the next email we get, n- not the phone call of some guy that we don't even know looking to buy it. The next email we get is the guy who's going to be in charge of the project. So you take a short breath and you think, now we've got to start over with whatever red tape this guy's got. But I think the process has taught us one thing, that uh, these guys are just doing their jobs. They're not out to get you. And um, if you're nice to them, they're nice back, and maybe by the end of the day, you end up in the same, same place a little better than you were in the past. Okay, so now we have not the bank building anymore. We, we, we got Lydia's place. We call it Lydia's place. It's really all of our place. Right? <laughs> and um, we've got that. We own that outright. We bought this. We remodeled it. We're doing work in there. We own this outright, but it, not for long with this remodel work that's going to go on. And then we're thinking, okay, because we own places outright, this is one of these things where I'm still in my mind, principal lead, and Tracy's even har- harsher on this. Um, harsh is not a bad word for you, right? No, but principally, I'm thinking, one mortgage at a time. know, Dave, Dave was okay with a mortgage, right? So I'm going to go with one mortgage at a time. And so we bought... This house is referred to as Calvin and Callie's house, although it's not technically yet. Um, it is it is something we purchased. And uh, one thing, the other thing I, and, and we, and, and, and next month, this will be paid off completely. Two more months. Two months. This will be paid off completely. Because uh, we shove chunks chunks of change at it. And, um, and this maybe needs some roof work done too. I don't know. Where that stands. Otherwise, it's a solid structure, and it happens to be right next to where Lydia's house is. So it's it worked out perfectly
1: that way. And that kind of goes back to your your slide earlier of the uh, like the second one and, and the, the years and the tipping point and stuff. Yeah. You know, if you can, like if you're looking at the the, the last one where you're paying 1074, you can afford that. At the, you know, the three percent interest, now you're knocking that down so much yep. more, and that's kind of essentially what you're talking about here with with this house and and being yep. able to take cash from other places. Yep, because now we don't have a thirty year down. debt, and, and that's it. where you're saving your bulk of your interest yep. because your principal is coming down. You know, um, and if the you, bank if you make the, the payment that way.
0: The banks don't like it necessarily, but they kind of do like it too because you're stable.
1: In Wisconsin, yeah. there's no. Uh, Prepay law, right? So you, you can you can pay ahead as much as you want to, yeah. And and that really cuts your interest down phenomenally.
0: So I have on here one other uh, sl- uh, one other note about this. So I oh, okay, how we started one commitment at a time was our permissible Ramsey mortgage, and then I said I have also tried to pay down loans within a seven-year period, hmm. uh, and and I I kind of was convicted. I read Deuteronomy. Uh, 15, 1 through 6. And let me just read that out loud to you because I I think we often neglect the Word of God, right? Uh, Or I should say, we neglect the Old Testament a lot of times in in our way of thinking. And some things are, in in one sense, fulfilled. Some things you still got to wrestle with. And I I wrestled with this, right? The sabbatical year. At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release. This was in the land of Israel. They weren't going to be indebted beyond Seven years. They had to grant release. If you owed me money, seventh year comes, I don't owe, uh, you don't owe me that money anymore if you haven't paid it off.
1: So a lot of people got beat up on the sixth year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: a lot of pressure went into year six, yeah. <laughs> and this is the manner of the release. Every creditor shall release what he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not ex- exact it of his neighbor, his brother, because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. Of a foreigner you may exact it, but whatever of yours is is with your brother, your hand shall release. But there will be no poor among you, for the Lord will bless you in the land that the Lord your God has given you for an inheritance to possess. If only you will strictly obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all this commandment that I command you today. For the Lord your God will bless you as he promised you, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And you shall rule over many nations, but you shall they shall not rule over you. And we know that didn't all work out that way because of their disobedience. But I kind of felt myself, and I'm still not positive where I stand on the seven-year Sabbath, the seven-year debt forgiveness, the Jubilee, and how that affects and relates to us. But I thought way back then, I thought, okay, at least I feel like I don't want to carry alone beyond seven years if I have. So even if I set up for a 30-year mortgage or a 15-year mortgage, let's pay this sucker down if we can in seven years. And I think we've maintained that. I don't know. Maybe the 317, the bank building, took a little longer. but
4: One, one of them took. I think that one took longer. Yeah.
0: That's my goal. Just uh, for conscience sake, I feel like if, if there's something to this yet, I want to do at least my side of it. I, I know I won't get the bank to forgive, <laughs> in the seventh year but if I can keep from, from uh, being indebted beyond that, that that was my goal and I'm not placing that as any kind of a moral burden on any of you with house mortgages or anything I'm just saying that was what was going on in my head uh, but lastly okay, it's this the, uh, the parsonage All of those other properties aside, this is home, right? This is where we live. I've spent more years living in in this place than I've spent anywhere in my life. Right? We moved in about 20 years here. right? Um, And more years than anybody's ever lived in that house, I'll guarantee you that. But it's a beautiful house, and yet I don't own it. And... uh, I'm okay with that. We own other things. Uh, I'd love to own it, but it's not that important. And, and the thing that matters is, you know, home. That you have a family, that you're living for God and for his kingdom, uh, even when you're in a, in a place that you probably never own. And it, to me, the parsonage concept is faulty, but it does kind of reinforce a principle that this is all God's and we're just people passing through, using things, hopefully to get to his glory. And, um, and that's all, that's all good then. And if he blesses us with more properties, or a bigger business, or more children, or whatever, just keep your nose down, you know, to him, and, uh, and keep plodding along, and correct your mistakes, you know, or repent of your sins, or whatever the case may be. Because, uh, it's not ultimately about, about the money or the size of the house. This is the best house we've ever lived in. Grandest, most grandest house we've ever lived in. And it's not like it the Taj Mahal either, but it's pretty cool. and um, It's got character. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's got some good history and then some remodeled 70s history. <laughs> 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 so you get a couple of generations going uh, on there. But uh, we love it. I love living there. I don't expect that I will move unless we get kicked out or I die or or whatever, but um, it's good for us, and and, and there's nothing to do with real estate on on our part. So that should teach some kind of lesson, I think. Um, Okay, so uh, do we need to keep moving? We should keep moving. Okay. so rentals, commercial, residential. Um, the question becomes: Have I just started a business? Because uh, I'm into so many properties now, and uh, can I just do this with my checkbook still, or am I creating a little bit more of a business than that? And so we, at some point, decided we should have GAPA properties. And I think it was when we were forming the trust that we decided. Before that, we're going to have two businesses in a sense: GAPA properties LLC and gap of security solutions and, um, and, uh, and the trust will own both and so we'll make decisions for the gap of properties out of that checkbook and, and so on and keep, the, keep records and Tracy actually does all the quick book works for the gap of property side of things and, um, and so all the rents from these different entities from gap of security solutions from USDA, from Lydia, from Ashley from Calvin and Callie They all go to Gap of Properties, and Gap of Properties makes the payments. And and after Calvin's place is paid off, then we'll probably go, hmm, now what? And only because Dave Ramsey lets me have one (laughs) more. I mean, that's really how, how we'll probably think. And it's not because there's any kind of like, I gotta have more. It's just kind of like, this makes sense that okay, God's given us this, maybe now's the next the next purchase. But I'll, I'll guarantee you what, and it's going to come up in a little bit. I don't like the idea of renting to people that I don't know, and they're going to come in there and do whatever with the place, or I'm mean, just going to have people problems then. I don't like that idea at all. And so, I don't know where we'll go next. It, you know, have, have a, tends to live in the mansion with us for
4: the, <laughs> Forever.
0: For the rest of her life. So uh, I don't know if her husband's going to fit in there or there's going to be two men of the house at that point or what. <laughs> but anyway. um, so real estate shopping is the next item on there, and, and, and I. And I know we've kind of talked on and off, and I, I don't have great... Um, great knowledge at all here. I I, I listened to the book um, uh, Building Wealth, One House at a Time. Uh, That was always highly recommended by Gary North, this John Schaub, and is being like one of the the guys you should read and understand. So I encourage you to to buy that book, but uh, also, I'm not big on Start a business buying houses like you like Zach's friends with the how many houses I'm thinking I don't want the Dave Ramsey thing I'm a chicken that way just one bite at a time I just take one bite at a time and over the course of, of decades maybe you get somewhere you know? but a neighborhood buy the worst house in the nice neighborhood I knew that was one of those things I don't want to buy the worst or worst house in a junkie neighborhood. I don't want to own properties in a junkie neighborhood um, sometimes it's not hard. Easy to tell what's what, but you know the nice-hit neighborhoods. Edgewood drives a nice neighborhood. I mean, we probably uh, have the worst house on that block, and it's not a bad house with Lydia's. Um, <laughs> yours might be the second worst <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but they're both nice houses, but they, they probably need a little, you know, facelift and some new roofs at some point. Um, and we, you know, thanks to, what's his name, um, Jeff Daney. Right, he's the city, public works guy or whatever. Great guy, goes to church down here, I think. But uh, he, after we kind of like had water in the basement a couple times, it was like it was like ponding up in Lydia's backyard and ice like skating
4: like rink.
0: And always rink water, and, and and then I heard well, you he, he don't have these are these are the old old systems. There's no suit. Uh, there's no sewer lines or whatever, right? Storm. So I, yeah. storm. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I kind of went in there and said, "What can we do?" He goes, "Well, it's not even slated for you know until maybe in 2023 or whatever." He said, "I said, well, but I can't have this going on every every time it rains for any kind of period of time. It's it's just like a, a pool that gathers, and it's, her house wasn't even as bad as the one further east. They they really had the pond you mm-hmm. could in, and so." Uh, I you know, asked him again, and then I chimed in. Then, then I sent him a video once when water was uh, coming from the house, being shoved out by the sump pump, but you could see it bubbling up in the sidewalk. and So I videotaped it and sent it to <laughs> him. See, I don't know what to do, man. Well, it's already been done. I mean, he pulled that thing together and made it like one of his more important projects, which is part of just talking to your own city officials and stuff. Yeah. Uh, And um, now they're actually redoing the the surface of the street this this week or this past week and a half. So um, anyway, I I like him. Uh, The price of it, buyers or sellers market, stay local. I think the stay local is probably as big as anything. Um, Tenant shopping, the scariest part of rentals, and I don't really have any kind of desire for it. Can they afford it? Uh, our lease with the government's beautiful, a beautiful blessing that that uh, we were able to walk into there. Will they pay on time? Again, there's one thing we do with our business is we deal with commercial, uh, in, uh, industrial, and educational groups. Uh, if they don't pay on time, it's normally because of paperwork or procedure. We know we're always going to get paid. And that's reassuring. I mean, there's been very few times where we thought, Man, are we going to ever see that pay, paid off? And it was one where a company was just kind of going under. And they owed us a couple thousand bucks or whatever. And it's like, don't sell them anything more. They can use a credit card. We'll sell it to them. But otherwise, no way. But otherwise, we feel good about it. And I feel the same thing about about these uh, rentals. It's like, I know my kids are going to pay me. We're not going to pay them. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's a nice thing. <laughs> Can't remember
1: that yeah. have <laughs> yeah. all your tenants working for you. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: And then, and then the you know, the government's going to pay you, unless you got something that has to be done paperwork-wise that you didn't do or did the wrong number on or something. So I don't know what you do, it, Paul, in your scenarios where you've had people you didn't know.
1: Well, I think part of that is um, what we talked about before, is you have a certain percentage on your calculator or your cash flow or your ROI. Uh is that you figure a certain amount of rent loss, and of course, uh, rent loss is also tax deductible. <laughs> so okay. You get that. Okay. But um, or it's, it's not. Well, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's no income. Yeah, it's no income. If, yeah, if no you income. want to, yeah. but uh, I also have uh, my lease. Uh, after 30 years, I've rewritten my lease time and time again, and I have a, I have a, a penalty if you're five days late. Or more. Okay. It costs you five bucks a day. Oh, that's that's interesting. So that's incentive. Yeah. Unless you communicate... And that's too. all
0: legal and stuff, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. As long as they, they sign the paper. Yeah. That's an so, interesting idea. So that's what I do. And uh, they're warned Ooh, yeah. ahead of time as they walk in the door, this is what it is. and Now, if if you're not getting paid till the 6th, and you know that ahead of time, and... You know, you had to replace your car or whatever. If you communicate to me, that, that I, you I You understand. May, I may give you leniency, but it's communication. It's always communication. Yeah. yeah. But. As you know, they're trying. And very they're, seldom do I get paid after the fifth.
0: Because of the $5 a yeah. day the extra.
1: So,
4: yeah. what about when someone is either just leaves or how do you get rid of someone if they don't because aren't there rules that protect them? Yes, like, the only way
1: you can really legally get rid of a tenant is to um, evict them and if you're going to evict them I know a guy that rents and if they don't pay by the 5th he starts the eviction process If they
0: don't pay uh, when it's due
1: Yeah uh. He'll go right to the eviction process
0: and he's told them up ahead of time, this is what happens. This is what's going to happen. No, nothing personal. This nope. is how I've learned I have to if deal If you don't
1: with pay this. me by the fifth, I go right to eviction process. Okay. Because and how long the does eviction that,
4: process takes. I'm going to say, how long does that take? It takes could about be, 60 days, if no, not longer sometimes. So you could be sometimes. a few months without rent, yeah. and they're still staying there. Yeah. And then is there any recourse besides keeping their security deposit if they do damage? You can take them to court.
2: No. Good luck.
1: Yeah. Right? <laughs> What? I got somebody that owes
4: me, I think uh, I got the court
1: case against him for, I forget the amount even, 1300 bucks, and that's always going to hang over his head, but that's that's the most I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. But I did the, the court myself. Have it's you, not like I have lawyer fees or anything. Okay.
3: Like have you gone through the eviction process? What? How does that, can you give me a little idea of what that looks like?
1: So you go to the courthouse and say I'm going to evict so and so, and then you have to have that served to them, and it gives them a certain amount of days. Um, now, if I have an eviction, I have a lawyer take care of it. Okay, just have him. I think it's a couple hundred bucks or whatever. So
4: non-payment or non-payment, if they're damaging damages the property, damages any
1: illegal, unlawful um, activity.
2: Uh, like, like, drug deals, smoking pot in there, or whatever. well,
1: yeah, anything like that, you know, you can, I mean, you can be nitpicky and, and find something, I mean, if they're not paying the rent, that's one thing right there, yeah. and if they're not paying utilities, that's another thing to walk on, okay, do you have set days where you, like, go in and inspect the house, no, no, no. I usually call them ahead of time, just because uh, it's more, Treating them like a person. Yeah, yeah. You, you, know, you, you can't just say, hey, I'm, I'm doing a surprise check today. You know, you're, you're not a you're not a prison guard. Yeah. So, but, you know, if I say, hey, listen, I have an uh, insurance company coming. I got to let them in to show the place. It'll be next Thursday at whatever time, you know, and then I'll typically go with them and whatnot. So.
3: Do you do things like just kind of regularly driving past the property to keep yeah. an eye on things? Yeah,
1: I'll go by and make sure that they're mowing the lawn and, and sure. doing all that kind of stuff. And then, typically, uh, I'm in that place sometime or another to fix something.
3: Have you ever had to get police involved because somebody wasn't leaving after the eviction stuff had been served?
1: No, they usually leave. Okay. Yeah. Or I have the right to go in there and start moving their stuff out at that point, uh, which okay. I will.
0: After when? When can you After the it? eviction. Oh, the process uh, is fine. The d-
1: date is set.
0: Their stuff could be in the front yard uh, yep. the lawn at that time. Okay. Yep. Have you done that Aaron? I've done it once. Okay. Uh, what did Aaron think about that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty upset with me. I didn't get a very good Father's Day present that year. <laughs> uh, but do your, do your homework is the big thing.
0: Yeah, well, and, and part, of, part of the homework, I think if you wanted to look, um, I just found this. It's, it's, there's nothing hugely but helpful is uh, nine ways to avoid bad tenants. Um, just yeah. because I have, I'm not going to read through them, but I have heard that and, and been frightened away from that uh, bad tenant scenario. We, when we rented the place uh, up in New Auburn, it was first time we rented to what? A couple? Oh, a couple. Uh, husband and wife? Yes. What, what's your recollection of that?
4: We rented to a couple and they signed a lease for, it was either six months or a year. I don't, I don't recall exactly. And then they called us after being in there not near the end of the lease and said they were going to move out because they found a house to buy. And then we're stuck with, what do you do? But you don't want to force them to stay and they don't want to be there. Or pay rent when they're not going to So then we were living down here, which is I think why we wanted a full year because we lived so four hours away. Um, so then we were in the position to try from down here to find someone for up there, to rent to it. And we had to have renters when we moved down here, financially. We had to have renters up there.
3: To, to pay for what?
4: Um, I think we still were paying on that mortgage.
3: Yeah, you still had a mortgage on the property. Yes,
4: when we moved down.
0: You sure the extra <laughs> land we bought after. At the at one or
4: the other, I don't know. Two. We still had to pay a mortgage, so... Um, we we had to rent it, so that was a difficulty to do that from a long distance. Then we did hear from um, some Amish, I believe, were they Amish people? Mennonites. Mennonites who um, would they, move around as a group for their work, mm, and so they, they wanted, built. yeah. So they oh, wanted yeah. to, um, they wanted to rent our home for x amount of months.
0: And this guy, who's the Mennonite, who's like their boss or maybe one of the elders Elder? in the community, in the Mennonite community, he, he, he preaches and stuff too. I mean, I don't know how they're all set up, but he brought and he was making the decisions that would affect these guys, and he's pulling out his checkbook, and I'm thinking, and, you know, and he's going to share his own, like, whatever they call their pulpit time right? <laughs> in their homes or whatever. But I'm thinking, I have so much more respect for what I'm seeing here than my experience has always been with like a pastor doing just his thing and not being as responsible for business and other other financial things i have so much more respect and it, it left an impression on me uh, even more so about the plurality of elders and the importance of of that in a church and um yeah, what was our experience with that? So
4: that, that was a little more difficult. I think it was a group of men just living there all the time, so there was some damage done. Um, it seemed like everything was so nice after we left, and the other people left and not left so nice after they left that that was kind of... And then us having to go back up, because that wasn't even a year. I don't think they were up there. Um, so we had to go back again and try to find, and then at that point we decided to list the house. Yeah, it's think- difficult, but... Yeah, I mean, It had to
1: be
0: done. So. <coughs> yeah. And it was a relief, actually. As like, I always thought, I never want to sell this place. Yeah. And then it was like, when can we sell this place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was a relief. Uh, but I don't think the Mennonite guys that were working, or it wasn't like they were party animals. No, no. It, wasn't it was just they were workers animals. coming yeah. and going yeah. in yeah. this
4: place. They were guys using a home that wasn't theirs. Well, and, for what they're used to. It's yeah. You know,
1: they're not used to carpeting and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. so they just throw their dirty boots in the corner and they get swept up. Yeah, the next yeah. Day. And I, I
0: don't know what they're used to because they're Mennonites, not Amish. Yeah, and uh, they tend to be more apt to be technologically okay with things. You know? I, I there was a Mennonite guy that was a head of buildings and grounds for Hudson School District years ago. He just Mennonite, you know, but he was doing everything anybody else would do. So, um, so.
1: I read through this. I think this was pretty helpful. Did you? Yeah.
0: Okay. One of the things on the, on the how to avoid the bad tenant, I did hear this. I thought this is good advice. It's like you, you meet with the tenant. You come, they come to look at the property, but you always have in your back pocket, uh, someone else has looked at this yeah. too. I, I've got an offer coming from them. Yeah. Even if you're kind of like feeling like, just it gives you your cards to play. Because if you smell something that doesn't seem right, um, say nah, Sorry, I, I I already accepted an offer or, or whatever. Um,
1: yeah, because you can't discriminate.
0: Right, you can't discriminate, whatever that looks like. And uh, but you can you can keep your options open. And I I, I don't know. I, to me, it's like if you're gonna rent this place from from me, I want to feel a of about at least going into it. Like we're gonna be good for each other. I don't want to feel like. Uh, I can't believe I don't want this person in my house, but what, now i got to rent to him?
1: Yeah, right. You know. Well, in the application pro- process that I'm doing now has been the best thing I've ever done. Which is? Which is, if you're interested in the place, you send me an application. And I keep collecting applications and going through them and looking up. you got to do your homework on these guys. And Which is part of this,
0: what this paper said, too, yeah, right? right. So that's yeah. good.
3: What, what does so, the homework look like, in your, like? What are the big things? Well, you've got to be
1: careful because nowadays it's all cell phones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I call your old landlord, I'm not calling, you know, somebody that li- I know lives there. You know, if, if I know um, the owner of this house is, if I can look him up and say, okay, yeah, he owns that place. But I can do that. And not have a cell phone number. Or they're giving me the cell phone number. That could be their friend. Yeah, right. You know. Oh, yeah, they rented from you, They're great renters. Well, they're their friends, you know. So that kind of thing. I guess the probably the best tool for a landlord is CCAP, okay. where you look up their court cases. and CCAP? CCAP. C-C-A-P? Yeah. It looks up their court cases and stuff like that. Some of them ancient history, and they've... They recovered from it, you know, since of their youth or whatnot. Yeah. But it tells you the dates and stuff like that. And if they have a lot of problems with financial things, sometimes it's a divorce, so it's not their fault. You know, you got to be kind of careful. But at the same time, it'll usually tell you if they had, if if they lived at four different places and all four different places have a court case with them. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably not a very good tenant.
3: <laughs> you know, are, are you allowed to require proof of income?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, they usually give me their bank. Okay. I think Masterson
0: says, "By all means, you, you yeah. can ask for all that."
1: You can, yeah. Uh, if they have a place of work, I can call. That that's one thing I think is probably one of the better tools. Is because you can actually call the place of work. They have a phone number that's other than you know, yeah, than some cell phone number
0: pub- publicly verifiable.
1: Yeah, and uh, so you know you got to be careful not to uh, rent just because they have cash up front. I mean, that reminds me of that other Michael Keaton movie. with It's an old one where he's renting from Michael Monday or what's his name? Anyway, this couple buys this fourplex, and they put all their money into it, and they're trying to fix it up. And then Michael Keaton's character goes in there, and he says, well, I'd like to have the place, but, uh, and he pulls out a big roll of cash. So he's like, well, yeah, he's got money, so mm-hmm. I'll rent to him, you know. And then he, he ends up putting it back in pocket and writing a check. Well, it turns out to be bad check, and he pretty much torments the place until... Ooh, you know. Beetlejuice? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
4: So, Paul, you have an application. So people submitting an application, this is this something that you have created? Yes. Okay. And so. then your exact steps after the application comes in are to CCAP?
1: CCAP, and then I'll check out their, Reference. their references. I'll check out their um, – usually CCAP is my first step because okay. you can tell a lot from that. And then after that, it's if I get down to this person or that person, work history, how long they've been there, what they do. Um, all that kind of adds into it. Uh, how many kids they have. Um, not that that – stops me but it, it, if they have a two-bedroom they have six kids that's so not going to work you know it, it's gonna but
0: your homeschooling family will make that work yeah <laughs> I'm sure.
1: so uh, that's kind of i just going to go from there Bank
4: statements.
1: yeah they usually give me their banking information i don't get really statements but i can call the bank and see what the credibility is or i can look them up on um credit karma or whatever that is to sometimes if they give me the their social, security so, their social security number so if is they that don't then that tells me that they're probably hiding something well, I I, I, mean, let, I let them know ahead of time that anything that they send me is not being sold or you know it ends easy. with me yeah. so, I guess so your have,
0: question has to do with we're, these days we're told never yeah, give away right. your social security Yeah. so
1: yeah. that makes some sense but. right
0: uh, so back to your uh, your made-up form. Is that something that you just make, can make copies that people can share? Or you, have you personalized it in some way?
1: <laughs> I uh, some people laugh at it because I have some questions on there that people think they're uh, intrusive. Tr- questions like, uh, "Can you mow lawn? Do you know how to mow lawn?" Oh yeah. There's too many like, questions. Are you oh, yeah. a, consider yourself a tidy person? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they always answer yes, but the fact that I'm asking that oh yes tells them that, hey, this guy is worried about how the place looks and mm-hmm. you know
0: And that's this this person, this woman yeah. shows that too. Yeah, that, I that, see that on her, it, but, Even them knowing that you're gonna be particular, yeah. maybe we'll scare them it's not gonna work.
1: I'm not gonna bother. big thing is I, I always put no pets. And people call you up, Well, I have a dog, is that okay? No pets. And they know that if I'm staying with that I'm going to be sticking with the other laws too. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like that, probably not a good place for you to rent. Yep, yep. And I would rather be empty a month or even two months than to rent to the wrong renter. Because that Ooh. will cost me more than two months rent mm-hmm. in a big hurry.
0: Yeah, the no pets thing. tell you, that is maybe one of the pitfalls of renting to your own children.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> then they want a pet or whatever. Do you have a no and chicken the law? The house now smells like <laughs> shepherd. <laughs>
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: sure, like a smoker's house, right? Just open the windows and yeah. it should be good.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, you have to be kind of careful. I mean, and, and even, even some, I had a, a renter, they were an older couple, uh, well-dressed, well-groomed. Uh, you know, they, they spoke well, whatever. Uh, you would probably picture them sitting in a pew of the church, you know. And I did some research. This was years ago. And I thought, well, oh, perfect. And they ended up giving me the a false name.
2: Hmm.
1: And my neighbor called me up and said, "Hey, uh, do you know your renters are moving? They're loading up the truck. The time I got out of there, they're gone. Hmm. So their name must have caught up to them. <laughs> so, oh, <wow. laughs> so, you never know. And to make a whole life out of that, pretty yeah. impressive. Wow, there's a, <laughs> there's a, another a girl who has a a challenged brother. And she goes to these places and um, rents, and, and people are you know, like, oh, yeah, I mean, she's got to be a good person. She's taking care of her brother and whatnot. And she, don't, she pays, the, uh, I don't think she pays anything. She just lives from eviction to eviction. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Think uh, about that. The other guy, the last, or the guy that I told the story me the story he was um, retired so he watched her and he followed her kind of stalking really but uh, went to this complex where she went in and uh, she left and he went in there and said hey is that gal renting to you yeah he says I was going to Renting from you from you and yeah. he says yeah I was just about to approve her and he told her the story and he says I would have never known hmm. but she was another one that would just give a cell phone number and you call him up. And it's her friend. And, oh yeah, she rented from me for years, and she's such a good person. <laughs> so to close,
0: to close, I guess I'd say uh, a near and dear guy, who oh, I won't mention you know who it was, but he said to me, "Yeah, I, I made a decision too quickly <laughs> on the last renters. I know I kicked myself afterwards. I should never have done that. I, I knew I, I knew was acting quickly." And um, he had to get them evicted. I won't say who he was. But <laughs>
2: Sounds like John Carter, right? <laughs> No, no. Might have
0: sounded like him, but uh, no, but he uh he, and I don't know I don't know what little like safeguards he has built in. He probably would have been one of the better guys to have you speak to that whole tenant issue, but um, but you are great, Paul, so I, I just know that he's had some bad experiences, you know that, and and but in the end, eviction. Does the police officer show up when you get to the final day of conviction with you? Or?
1: Typically, they leave before that. Okay, but the, the renter does. The, yeah, the know. tenant. They they know they're done, so they typically leave because they don't want me putting their stuff out in the front yard, and not having a place to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Do they leave it with? Uh, have they left your properties with like giving you the middle finger by ruining
1: stuff at all? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. But that's part of that's part of having a nice place, and charging enough rent. I think that's in that. Yes, that sheet yeah. Too.
0: That was another recommendation.
1: You you, you, you track what you what you wanted to you know what you use for. If your place is nice, they're going to want to pay more. And they're, they're willing to pay more. You know, if the place is trashed and, and everything around it's trashed, if you're a slum lord, you're going to get slum people okay. or people yeah. that don't care. They're not going to care about your place if you don't <coughs> care about your place. So I always try to keep my places looking like a place I would want to live. Yeah. Would I live here when I'm done fixing it up? Yep, I probably would. And usually I've had great luck with that.
0: Rarely will they take care of it better than you anyhow. No. No they matter will. who they are. No, that's but part of that. It part you get close, then you're good.
1: That's part of that maintenance figure that you're putting in your, your compute. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, are you going to say something? Does that make you nervous about maybe getting a house given to you, or does it make you excited?
4: Thinking about it, yeah. obviously, if that were the case, my mom would have to pass. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't really love thinking about it. No,
0: right,
2: right.
4: <laughs> but it definitely gives some steps if we were going to need to make that decision at that point.
2: Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, it's 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 like all of these things in my mind. Anything we've talked about, even if it just plants a thought for a future, mm-hmm. because oh, I know what book I want I should read that book. Where's You know, mm-hmm. or I should go talk to Paul. Paul's been through this already. I'm gonna see what he did. It just resources knowing what they are and building building upon knowledge, you know?
1: A little bit of futuristic look, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look at a place and say, hey, can I make this into a duplex versus a, a you know single family or does that make sense or doesn't it make sense, you know? And then rentals are up and down, too, a little bit. I mean, there are times where am I ever going to rent this thing? Mm-hmm. And now i got people... I send out an application I got 60 applications to go through Mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm never going to get through them all but that's a good thing to have because Mm -hmm. you can just eliminate you know a bunch of them off the top Mm -hmm. but then you always when you show and and I'm not lying when I say no I have another application looking at the place so when you talk about introducing the people and doing a showing you always do a showing and they want to see it but I don't do showings like I used to either we used to be, you put your number in the paper with your little classified ad, I'm dating myself, but they would call you up and yeah, I'd like to see the place, okay, well here's the address and I'll meet you there at four o'clock and then they don't show up.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Or, you know, they do show up and it's like you have no way of (laughs) you you know that they're not going to be a decent renter. You know that from the get-go. You know, like they. Uh, wear the same pajama bottoms to a showing that they wore last month and a half. You know that they're not going to be a clean person necessarily. So you uh, you know so a showing is always good but um, this way people uh, will we'll put pictures online now so they can see the place if they're interested in it. You fill out an application then we'll do a showing. So I'm not going there five times a day showing an application to showing the place to somebody that is never going to qualify the application in a way, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, even
0: having to do an application probably talks half the ones out there. It, it does. Put, put in the time.
1: And then there's some people that just don't want to fill out an application unless they see the place. Well, then you're not overly interested. And they can drive by and see the place too, you know.
0: All right. Um, that wraps it up. Thanks for coming. See you what the uh... <laughs>